Today's episode of Home Row is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. The CSB offers an optimal blend of accuracy and readability, which helps readers make a deeper connection with God's Word, and it also inspires lifelong discipleship. The CSB is equally suited for serious study or for sharing with your neighbor hearing God's Word for the very first time. Learn more at csbible.com. I'm I'm writing. You know how to write. Without the without the without the writing, you have nothing. I'm writing. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Home Row, and I'm your host Jeff Metters. And we got to start out just by saying Merry Christmas. Uh, it's this episode is going to be dropping around Christmas time. It might drop uh, just this next week. Well, you wouldn't even know when I'm recording. People out there listening, so Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, um, and all all that good stuff. But especially Merry Christmas. But on today's episode, we've got Ryan Lister who's the author of a great new kid's book, The Systematic Theology, Emblems of the Infinite King. Ryan, how are you, bro? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Merry Christmas. That's right. Merry Merry Christmas. And, you know, I find myself saying happy holidays to people, too. And so maybe my my ultra ultra right-wing conservative listeners will will, fill my uh, email inbox. But... There are other holidays happening. There's New Year's Eve. There's New Year's Day. I mean, so like, hey, it's good to say happy holidays, but Merry Christmas. Um, What are you hoping you get for Christmas this year? Oh, maybe some sanity. Maybe some peace and serenity. Serenity now. It's never going to happen. Yeah, that's that's right. Yes. What am I hoping for Christmas? That's a great question. Um, You know, I'm I'm going back to. uh, I probably should be saying this because my kids might listen to this. No way. your kids, yeah, well, your kids aren't going to listen to this episode. They, they're always listening to everybody's podcast. <laughs> uh, maybe I should filter what they're listening to on, on Spotify. I do swear um, a lot on, on this show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I told them you can, they, they can listen to you, Jeff. It's fine. <laughs> it's, fine. It's, it's the other ones that I'm worried about. No, we're, 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 hope, we're going back. So, so I, I'm just to get some frame of reference for, for your listeners. Um, so we live in Portland, Oregon. But uh, my wife and I are both from the South. So we are sort of exiles out here and um we are heading back uh to to tennessee oh cool and so we're gonna we're gonna go run around uh my wife's um hometown and uh probably go see some really good sporting events oh, so my, nice. my kids are uh, especially my boys my older boys are really into college basketball oh, and so fun. i'll just leave it at that i mean yeah. we're, we're going to be going in the south to watch good college basketball fun man that'd yeah. be great yeah i have an amazon wish list so i'm, I'm hoping my mother-in-law okay. and my parents get me all kinds of all kinds of goodies there it is and so they there you know is. yeah they I feel like you're plugging that to your listeners too that too yeah i'll you, post okay. a link in the show notes okay. to my yes. amazon good. wish list there's some that. vinyl records on there <laughs> there's uh, a dwight schrute hey oh, king yeah. uh, funko pop Okay. Uh, some yeah. socks that say, "If you can read this, bring me tacos." Yes, uh, I've so, seen that with coffee. Yeah, yeah. So well, good. you know, you just got to think of stuff. My mother-in-law is so generous, and she'll just buy all kinds of stuff off of my Amazon wish list. My kids, you know, we make lists for my kids, and so got to be about that's it. Good. Well, what you should do is you should put the things that you want on your kids' list too. Uh, well, that's true. That, there are Switch, the, yes. yeah, yeah, Nintendo Switch games that are on their list. Uh, okay, they are. For, okay. They are for both of us. You have th- you have thought this through. That's yeah, good. a little bit. You know, got to have good. the dad tax, not just at Halloween. It's, <laughs> it's got to be year round. Hail, hail Caesar! Yes. So Ryan, so the people out there who don't know uh, who you are, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? We know you're in Portland, up there in the Pacific Northwest. So uh, what else? What else do you do up there, bro? Yeah, well, for those who don't know me, um, which is probably most, uh, you're you're not missing much. But so, just to let you know a little bit about myself, um, so I yeah, like I was saying earlier, I grew up I grew up in the South. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, which is one of my favorite cities still to this day. Um, and I, uh, I, I my my dad there was uh, an an adoption lawyer, and it was really really fun because I got to work with him. Uh, and as I was thinking through sort of, you know, what my calling was and uh, where I was going to sort of end up uh, vocationally. Uh, I was thinking about law school and um, also thinking about uh, the ministry. And I have one older brother. His name is Rob Lister, and he was already at uh, seminary. And so what I decided to do is go work for my dad for a semester after college. I went to a small military school called the Citadel 
Um, and then after, yeah, after college, I went to work for my dad for, uh, for, for a semester. And, and I went up and went to seminary with my brother for two weeks during that time and just sort of prayed through where I needed to end up, uh, going. And so I, I just, you know, I thought to myself, you know, I've, I've got a little bit of time here. Why don't I go to seminary and just, and do that, do that and, and, and think through and pray through what, where, where the Lord has me. And so, yeah, yeah. After that semester with working for my dad, uh, which was great. He didn't force me out. It wasn't a bad, <laughs> a bad thing. It was just, uh, yeah, I, I went up to seminary and just fell in love with, with that. And as I was in college and as I was in seminary, I was also, uh, dating, dating my, my to be wife and about a year in of being on like the single dorms at seminary. I realized very quickly I needed I needed to get married, and uh, <laughs> I just I, I I wanted to be uh, be with my wife whose name is Chase, and she is uh, uh, yeah we've been married we're going on on 19 years this year I believe yeah oh, congrats yeah so yeah and we have uh, and so yeah we we have we have four kids now and uh, like like we said earlier we are we are in Portland Oregon I am teaching uh, at Western Seminary here. Um, we're doing some really fun and good things out, out here, uh, in the Pacific Northwest. And I also, um, just took an associate role at a church, um, here in Portland. And I also, uh, work with a, um, it's kind of hard to describe because we're in a bit of a transition, but I, I work with a, 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 a hip hop music label slash ministry called Humble Beast. And so, yeah, and I'm not a rapper by, by any stretch of the imagination. But they let me yet. hang out. Not yet. Not not yet. No, no, not at all. They wouldn't let me near a microphone. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So uh, the, the goal is the goal is just to sort of build out uh, a ministry for creative people, um, sort of bring a discipleship mechanism, and so that's that's sort of the side I'm I'm working on, and and Lord's been very gracious to to bring me out here and sort of open up all these crazy weird doors that I never knew wow. would open. Yeah, and the the Canvas Conference, right? That's connected. That's right. Yeah. So that's sort of. Uh, the Canvas Conference is sort of a project that sort of was kind of came out of my my friendship first and foremost with the guy who runs Humble Beast. His name is Thomas Terry. Uh, he's also um, he is a uh, a rapper and he um, he's in the group Beautiful Eulogy. He he, he directs Humble Beast and so I was I was sort of out here uh, in Portland and and I was thinking you know at at at, at Western we we're not really reaching like the Portland type person. Mm. And I was trying to figure out ways to, to reach sort of that, that, that creative, the, 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 the person who is, uh, who's thinking differently, thinking oftentimes in a sort of a secular or post-secular mindset. And, uh, and, and also to raise people up in the church that could address, uh, that type of person. And so I was thinking, man, I would really, really love to do a class on theology and creativity. Uh, and so I asked Thomas, uh, my friend from Humble Beast, to come in and to co-teach it with me. Uh, and Thomas, Thomas is, uh, he's, he's, he's great. He's, he's a, a, a pastor. Um, he's, he's an entrepreneur and, and he's a marketer. So he was thinking, yes, let's do this, but let's, let's go bigger with it. Let's, let's make a conference out of it. And so we've done that, uh, the Canvas conference for, for four years now, and it's been a ton of ton of fun. So. Yeah, super cool, man. Hey, yeah, we'll talk more about these books. I think you and Thomas co-authored a book, right? We did. Yes, yeah, yeah. A, images and idols. Kinda, yeah, images and idols. It kind of came out of the first uh, Canvas conference that we did, and uh, really what we're what we're doing at a at a very uh, sort of entry level way is sort of saying, you know. Can, can we provide a theology of creativity? Yeah. We're, we're, we're trying to get at the question. Um, what we found is most people are asking the, the how are you creative uh, and what makes you creative? And, uh, or, but no one was asking the why uh, behind, behind that, that idea. And so we said, Hey, let's, let's show people why they're creative. Let's start there and then build into the how and the what and, so yeah, that, that's kind of what we were after in that book, and it was a it was a ton of fun to write. Yeah, cool, man. So when when you're not uh, when you're not teaching over there at Western and you're not writing, uh, or rapping, or yeah. rapping, yeah, yeah, you know, honing, honing your gifts in the basement. Yes. yes. Um, what what are you doing up in Portland for fun? Are you hitting up Salt and Straw? Are, are you no, looking man, for you Sasquatch? What, what are you doing? 
Yeah. Have you have you been up here? You know, I have been to Portland okay. um, once, and it was great. It was so much fun. I didn't yeah. have time to go to Salt and Straw, but I okay. went to this really n- amazing. Of course, there's so much great food up there. Um, I went to this place. Man, I'll have to I'll have to try to find the name of it. This is great. This amazing place downtown uh, ha- had something related to pig. There was like a pig in the name, okay, or a sow, or yeah. Um, there's a place called Lardos. I don't know if that's what you're. Yeah, that, anyway, that yeah. may be it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, that is a wonderful, wonderful place. Ah, it was but, so good. Yeah. I went up yeah. there for like a coffee school. Uh, yes. Like learned all about okay. craft coffee and just, you know, well, you fun. came to the right place for that. That was a blast. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing for fun up there in Portland? Yeah. Yeah. For fun. Well, I mean, you, you, you've hit some of, some of the things I do. I mean, I'm, I'm always looking for a great place to eat. Um, a lot of times, uh, things are now these days are, are sort of revolving around my kids' life, my kids' sports. Um, and so I'm usually at some park or some field or some court somewhere, uh, watching, watching a game, um, that, that kind of thing. But, you know, here in Portland, you can just, well, one, it's always raining. Uh, so just wear a raincoat. But the great place thing about Portland is there's like a park or something somewhere to go run or to go walk. Um, and, and we, we do that, we do that pretty regularly. Um, we, we try to go hiking though. That's those times this can, can be a fiasco, uh, with, you know, four kids aging from 13 to five. Uh, but, uh, those are some of the things that we do. And, uh, yeah, as we, we try our best as a family to, to eat, eat really, really well. And, um, and, and like you said earlier, it's a great coffee scene. So usually I'm meeting somebody somewhere for coffee. What's, what's your go-to spot? Are you going to Heart? Where, where are you? Cova? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm usually just following the people I'm with. Uh, I love Heart. I, um, you know, if it was up to me, I'd probably end up at Cova. Yeah, Cova was good. Yeah. Okay, I think I found the place where we ate. There were two places. Uh, <laughs> the first one was Tasty and Alder. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, did you was... have the burger? Oh man, you know I can't remember what I had. Um, I so remember Tasty and Alder has probably one of my top five, maybe top three burgers of all time. Uh, I have to go back. So come back. I have to go come back. back. Yeah. And then Lardo too. We ate there. And then a donut place. Um, we didn't go to the Voodoo, you know, whatever. We yeah. Went, uh, they were tiny Luke donuts. Star? Oh, yeah. You went to Pips. Yeah. Pips. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great place to go. Yeah. It was really cool. Well, before this turns into a, a Portlandia uh, <laughs> food food uh, spinoff yes. episode here, yes. uh, let's talk about writing. So, obviously, you've sure. written, I think, three books, right? That is correct. Yeah, three books. Um, so, how did you become a writer? Was it going as you were going through seminary, or ah, yeah, like, how did that come about? It's a great question, and and I'm still becoming one. I, I, that's the way I would frame it. Um, the so so my I, I didn't I did my undergrad in English literature. Uh, which was weird because I was at a military school uh, uh, doing English literature, reading all these books that seemed antithetical to the whole lifestyle and ethos of the school. school. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, so I was, I was in good books. Uh, I was writing papers uh, for, for those classes. Um, I always had sort of a bent to, to, to write. I, I wasn't writing a ton. I wasn't journaling or, or, or anything like that, but, if there was ever sort of a space uh, in in a day or at the end of a semester, I would find myself sort of drifting towards either writing or uh, or, or to doing some sort of um, drawing or, or something along those lines. It was sort of the thing that was sort of filled in in the cracks of 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 a very very busy busy life there. Um, so I would say it was it was starting in high school a bit. Um, it was it was taking place sort of as an undercurrent at, at, at my undergrad and uh, you know seminaries just sort of forces you to to write and yeah. to think and to organize your thoughts better and so what I began to realize is I became a better thinker when I was writing uh, so that just forced me into sort of doing this um, Writing in a way that helped me articulate, helped me to get those ideas inside my head, not just be somebody else's ideas, but to, but to push them inside my own head and my own heart. 
Um, and so that, that's really uh, probably where it sort of, it sort of took off and, um, seminary writing the papers and then working through the PhD. The, I mean, a lot of people have different experiences, obviously. Um, but writing, um, writing my dissertation was, uh, and it was hard, but it was, it was, yeah, it was life giving. I, I, I really, really love doing it. Um, and I think part of that was because of the topic that, that, uh, that I chose that I was allowed to write on. Uh, it was a life giving topic. Uh, it was on, on the presence of God, uh, sort of as a central theme of scripture. It kept me in my Bible and it kept me yeah. in other good writers, uh, books. And yeah, I, you know, there was always sort of the humdrum of, okay, I got to get to the computer. But, you know, once I was there, um, you know, it was, you know, I, I could just lose myself in that activity. And so I was like, okay, this is really, really good. Um, and if I'm going to, if I'm going to teach, uh, I, I, I need to keep writing because teach uh, writing is going to help me, help me be a better teacher. So. Yeah, man, that's so, I, you know, just this conversation is reminding me of co- another conversation I had earlier this week with one of our uh, elders. Mm. And we are talking about the kind of the seminars and classes and Sunday school structure of our church and like talking through these things. And he was a public educator for years and right. he talked about Bloom's tax- taxonomy, mm-hmm. uh, where it's kind of like this pyramid going up where yeah. the easiest form of learning that's barely learning is just, you know, rote memory. Like you're cramming for a test, right. uh, you're to learn all this stuff. Okay. Knock it down. Got it. Yeah. But then, uh, then you forget it. You know, you don't remember anymore. Uh, any yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then you understand it. You understand right. what the facts mean and then you work through them, but then to apply them and mm-hmm. then the facts and rules, concepts and all that, like really integrating it, then, then breaking it down more through analyzing and evaluating. But then the top of the pyramid, we're like, if you get up here, like you're really learning the stuff is uh, to create something. Right. Yeah. That's exactly um, it. Yeah. Combining parts. Uh, Bloom talks about is, is to make a whole, to, to take what you've remembered, understood, applied, analyzing, evaluate it, and then to create something. And so I think that's why, you know, like what you said, and I've heard John Piper say it before, and it resonates with my own, my mm-hmm. own life. Like as I'm writing stuff, I'm finding out this is what I really do believe about this. Yeah. Um, this is what I really understand to what I think this passage is saying, uh, man, and writing is such a gift for those things. Amen. Well, were there like seminary professors along the way, um, that, you know, told you like, Hey, this is, you're a good writer, you know, because clearly there are, you know, thousands of seminary students cranking out papers all, all the time. Um, but very few are going to have their, you know, dissertation made into a popular, popular level book, um, or, or any, even get any kind of encouragement though. Hey, you're a good writer. Maybe it wasn't a seminary professor. Was there anyone along the way that you just kind of realized, man, that really encouraged me to, you know, that my writing is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. There, there were, I mean, my, my supervisor was, uh, was Bruce Ware and he was very, very, very kind. Uh, he was also very direct and very helpful in his criticisms and his, responses and his feedback. Uh, but one of the things he did say is, uh, you know, you're, you're writing different than a lot of the, uh, the dissertations that I get. And, um, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a joy to read your dissertation. So he's saying, you're, you're saying things, um, you're saying things well, I think is what he was, what he's getting out of. And, and so that was, that was really encouraging to me. Um, and then just, you know, having other people who, who are, who are reading it and engaging it, they're sort of saying, yeah, this makes sense. Um, it's connecting. Um, and, and then, you know, I, I have, I have several people just who are good cheerleaders and, and my backgrounds. Of course, my wife is, uh, my, my dad is, my brother was very helpful too. Um, so my brother's, I think I mentioned this earlier, but my brother's a professor. Uh, he, he was also at seminary, but he's also a professor. He's at Biola University and he was, he was always very uh, encouraging in a brotherly way, uh, to saying, "Hey, yeah, you're doing you're doing good work. Keep it up." So, so there there was that. And then, I, you know, the the other thing was, you know, just watching, being at seminary was being being able to watch these other uh, other people, these professors, do it and do it well. So uh, we we were both at, at Southern. I mean, you've got great examples like Tom Schreiner. Who, who is also, uh, one of my readers and he was, he was also very encouraging, but just watching him and just how he did it, uh, in a way that, 
uh, he, he was writing in a way that, that, that was helpful for other people. Uh, it didn't, it, it never messed or it never seemed to mess with his ego. It wasn't, he wasn't front and center. He was just w- wanting to put Jesus out front and center. Uh, and just watching him do it and learning from that. Uh, and then you have people like Russ Moore who, who, who are very sharp, but they're, they're writing in yeah. ways that are pulling you in. So uh, vivid. That, yeah. Yeah. That's pull, pulling you into, to, to truth. Um, and so, so those, those examples were, were, were very, very helpful for me. And those are a little bit more outside, less, less sort of, sort of personal, but just watching them do it and saying, okay, yeah, this, you, you, you can do this. I, I think that was one of the big hurdles. It was like, you can write in a way that is, uh, that is, uh, telling, telling the truth, but in a way that's appealing too, that, that brings people in. So, so how do you take a dissertation and make it something that, that actually people um, want to engage and uh, those kind of things. Cool. Yeah, that's good, man. I think about your two, your two latest books, uh, emblems of the infinite King, which I want want to talk about, Mm. but then especially we can talk maybe a little bit about images and idols. You know, here we are a a podcast about writing and creativity. Um, So I don't want to give all the message of the book away. Clearly we couldn't do that on the podcast because it's such a, it's, (laughs) you know, it's a book, Um, but people should go out and get it. So both, what would you say that you wish Christians, um, maybe writers in particular, understood about creativity um, and the image of God and then in the idols and, and all that stuff too? So like, what would you tell a writer at the Canvas Conference who's like, hey, I'm thinking about picking up images and idols and I want to be a better writer? What, what would you tell them? Yeah, I, I would just say this is give yourself a strong foundation. Uh, link your gifts to the giver of those gifts. So the whole push in that book is to say, um, yes, your creativity matters. Uh, but oftentimes we're thinking about it mattering in, uh, in ways that actually cut across its very purpose. So, uh, sort of the crux of the book is, is, as I mentioned earlier, it's about the why of creativity and it, and it roots you back into, um, God being the creator of creativity and then what that means, how that flows out into the rest of God's own story and our story as people who are trying to create. Um, so r- really what it's after is saying, hey, your, your creativity is ultimately for God's glory uh, and for the good of the world. Uh, and so thinking about your work Having that as a framework for, for the things that you're doing, the things that you are creating, it can be incredibly helpful, and it can drive uh, it, it can drive your creativity to, I would argue, bigger ends and bigger purposes uh, than just sort of okay. Because what you know, what we saw um, specifically, Thomas, just as he's engaging. A, a lot of creatives who are at sort of the, the uh, you know, who have a big following, uh, they were they were getting to the point where they were saying, "All right, I've done all this work, I've created all these albums, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and now I'm here where I thought I wanted to be, and I'm asking myself the question, so what's next, or why does any of this matter?" Yeah. And, and so we're, we're saying, okay, b- before you get to that point, or if you're already there, l- let's find, let's find some, some foundation for that. Something that's bigger than just your Twitter following or bigger than the people who, who follow you on Spotify. Um, because that's, that's pretty finicky. And, and it's, and it's not something to, to necessarily root, uh, your hope in. And, and ultimately root your identity in. And that's, that's one of the things we, we were just trying to help creatives with, with, with the Canvas conference and with this book is to say, Hey, there's, there's something bigger, uh, to what you're doing. So, so let's take a look at that. Yeah. I love that. You know, with, with, uh, with writing, it is such a thing where we, it, I, it's, it, I hope it's not heretical in your, you're a scholar, so you can help well, me here. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll figure yeah, this I'm out real kidding. quick. You know, is that obviously we know that the Lord, he creates everything ex nihilo, um, yep. everything out of nothing. At writing is we're, we're really close to that, but not totally. 
Um, you know, we're we're taking a blank page and we're we're speaking, typing onto it, but these are all pre-existing ideas. So, the, I mean, obviously, we we don't create anything ex nihilo, but there is something about either a blank canvas, a blank piece yeah. of paper, um, and putting something onto it that was not there before. Yeah. Um, that communicates, and since our God is a communicating God, a a revealing, a disclosing, right. a teaching, a speaking God, uh, we we act a lot in His image when we mm-hmm. speak to, uh, for the good of others, um, when we use our words to encourage and to build up, and of course to point people to the light, right. um, as Kanye sure. as Kanye tells us in uh, the song <laughs> "Hands On." Cut out, all, cut out all the lights. He the light. Um, so I, I love that. I love that, man. So I'm going to put a link to, to that book in the show notes. And so you can find a link to all of all of Ryan's books there on Amazon. You can go and pick those up. But we're here to really talk about and to riff on emblems of the infinite king. Yeah. Enter the knowledge of the living God. So first, the book is beautiful. Amen. Um, yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> man, Crossway. I did not do that. I did not do that. <laughs> yeah, Crossway and... Uh, Anthony Benedetto, did I say that yeah, right? That's it. You got yeah, it. Man, amazing, amazing artwork. And so people on, you've probably seen the book on social media. Uh, just incredible. They did an amazing job with it. You've got to be so thrilled. I am. Yeah, it is It is a beautiful book. Um, and it's just, it's fun just to sort of, sort of thumb through and, and, and just to look at how beautiful uh, the story is. I mean, it's it's sort of a little small, small little snapshot of, uh, of 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 God's God's creation in, in a limited way, obviously. But it's just sort of I, I look at it and I go, yeah, yeah, this is these these images, these these pictures are are, are fitting for for this infinite King that we're talking so much about. So yeah, and I think it matches so well that you know beautiful theology. So, um, it's roughly kind of, I think it's described as a systematic theology for kids, Yeah, but kind of without, without them knowing it, would you say that's fair? Yeah. It's kind of a a covert systematic theology. In in a sense. Yeah. So what, uh, really what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to say, you know, well, at a baseline, systematic theology is important, uh, or, or theology is important, and um, and and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be dry. Um, so, so God is telling you about Himself. He's giving you words about Himself. I mean, sort of that's where we get our term theology from. Uh, but so much of what He does in Scripture is narrative focused, and um, uh, you know, I see. You know that there's a there's a beginning and there's an end and there's there's a story and there's a uh, there's there's a line that this is that there's uh, you know one of the things that I, I talk about is I, I think you know the whole plot schema that we have that most stories are following you know when you have an introduction and then a, a problem and then uh, sort of this rising rising issues and then a, an issue of uh, you know coming to a, to, a, to a point of apex or or, or a climax or uh, and then resolution comes out of that. I, I would say that that very plot line that sort of runs through most of our literature, most of our movies, most of um, our stories is actually sort of uh, it, it's it, it's pushed into us by the God who creates a story and demonstrates a story in his world that way. Yeah. Uh, and I think you see that in scripture though, though it's coming at you from uh, many different directions with many different types of writing, different, different genres. Uh, you still see that projection and that storyline. I think biblical theology has done a good job of sort of highlighting that narrative focus, that, that, that push forward, that there's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. Uh, there's a place that the story is going. There's a goal, um, and and so uh, I wanted to say, yeah, and, and to to know this God is to know a God who loves and uh, stories. Um, there's been good books written about God as author, um, and, and so so I was sitting there going, okay, how in the world? So so our our, our age range was about ten to ten to fourteen, ten to fifteen, somewhere in there. Uh, younger it, it, too. I mean, some 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 good readers like eight and eight, eight and forward uh, can can get this, and even some younger. I've I've, I've already talked to some who are, are engaging it at like 
six and seven. And I'm like, wow, okay, that's amazing. Um, but I, I wanted to say, I want them to know about this God, but I don't, I don't want to break it out of a, a story. I want to pull them in and, and I want to give them sort of a, a narrative framework for them, uh, to feel like they're getting moved along to see more and more about who God is. Yeah. Uh, and to get more and more entranced by that vision of God and to, uh, to, yeah, to have a nice little sort of twist at the end and, and be, be face to face with, with, with the Lord as we all will. Yeah. Did, did the idea, uh, come to you just from interacting with your own kids or like kids at church? Um, like how did the idea for a, is this amazing kind of biblical theology, systematic theology thread of the whole story? How did you get the idea? Yeah. So, I mean, really it, it was sort of a conversation. So, um, Anthony and I, uh, we're friends. We actually go to the same church. Um, we both worked at Humble Beast together. Um, and, and Anthony's actually sort of started his own creative agency called Nova Nimbus. And so as we were sort of talking about, we, we had, we were kicking around these ideas at, at Humble Beast specifically to create, uh, good theological content that had beautiful, uh, pictures alongside of it and, and these books. And so we were thinking about how to do that. Um, in a, in a lot of ways. And then I reached out to Crossway, um, to actually, uh, if you know, if you know Josh Dennis, um, who's actually now the president of Crossway. And so he's, he's a, he's a big league now, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Josh was running the creative side of things. That's right. At Crossway and doing, doing an excellent, excellent job. And I just, I just, I wanted, I wanted him and Anthony to connect. I was like, Anthony's doing all this great work. Um, and I said, you know, Josh, I think, I think Anthony could be a, a good. So I sent, I, I sent Josh an email with Anthony's portfolio and just said, you know, this, this guy's, uh, he loves the Lord. Uh, he's doing great work. And, uh, I think, I think he would be, could be a potential help to, to Crossway and what y'all are, y'all are trying to do there. And I, I think within 24 hours, Josh had emailed, Anthony and uh, they set up a phone call and they started talking about potential projects that, that could be done. And one of the projects that was floated out there was this idea of doing a systematic theology for kids. And so that started beating it sort of those, those things started kind of colliding around and, and it soon became a, a project that I was like, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what I love to do and to think through. Um, I'm trying to think about that consistently with how to teach, uh, my kids. And, uh, one of the things I've learned as a, as a teacher is that if you can, if you can teach these things at, you know, a, a children's church level, you're going to be a lot better teaching it in the classroom, yeah. uh, at a seminary. And so I was thinking about these things and Anthony was, 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 was drawn into like, how do we do a project like this that gets, uh, the beauty of God? Uh, in word and an image out to, to, to younger kids. So he's always dreamed about a, doing a, a children's book. Uh, and then Josh got in the mix of it and it all just kind of came together. And, and we, and sort of we, we, we said, okay, let's, let's see if we can do it. And so we, we said, here's our proposal. This is what we'd like to do. And Crossway was very, very kind to us and said, yeah, let's go for it. Let's make it happen. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. It all came together so well. I'm gonna, I'm giving it to my daughter for Christmas. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So she's she's 11, and it'll be right. It'll be right up there for, her, and she's a great, loves to read, so she's gonna good. love it. Well, let um, me know how it goes. Let me know what she yeah, thinks. Yeah, totally. Yeah, love and to she loves to draw too, so I think she'll love. Oh, the, nice. She'll love the the pictures and stuff. So, how, if you think about the project, how long did it take you to write this? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, it took probably. Well, it was all sort of kicking around. Uh, it was kicking around for, I want to say maybe a year, year and a half, but, uh, pen to paper or, uh, fingers to keys, I guess it would be, yeah. uh, probably about six, six months. Yeah. Um, and there were some turbulent things that were happening in the midst of that. Um, I had sort of worked really, really hard about a year or two ago to, sort of figure out, okay, I, I'm going to focus, uh, sort of it, any sort of free time I'm get, I'm going to focus on, on writing. I, I wanted to write and I wanted to build out, um, 
some some ideas for books and maybe put some proposals together. And so I, I had structure, like really, really structured my my time. Uh, and then and then our home church uh, a while back sort of hit a bit of a crisis. Uh, and so sort of I I uh, I was asked to sort of step in and help. And so I did. And so things kind of got a, a, the structure that I had sort of fell apart. Uh, and, and it was it was for good reasons and, and for, for good things. But that sort of slowed the process down a bit. But but all that to say, it, it took probably about yeah I would say about six months of, of of good strong hard writing. Yeah, I would imagine it had to be it had to take at least that long. I, that was what was I was going to guess because you're covering so much, <laughs> yes. and and the difficulty of having to do it in a short amount of time. It'd be yeah. it'd be easy to write a two thousand word chapter on the doctrine of humanity. That's right, yeah. But to write a 700 word yeah. Um I mean I, I don't know how long I can see the pages but you know half of the pages are art. Yeah. Um so like the page count doesn't really help you here but it's not a lot of words that that it, you're you're writing on on these very deep you know doctrines and so true. to capture yeah. them so well is man it's a challenge so I'm sure there was a lot of edits and revisions and deciding like oh should I cut this do I need to include this? Yeah, there was a ton of that. And I, I, that was, uh, yeah, editing process was really tough. Um, thinking through how, how do I say that? I mean, the audience was always sort of in the room with me. Like, how, how do I say this to, to, to a 10 year old who's yeah. more inclined to go play Minecraft? You know, like, right. how, how, do, how do I do that? That captures their attention, that, that holds their attention. Knowing, knowing that that Anthony's artwork is going to support that and, and and build that out, but yeah, just how do I get that? How do I hold the attention? How does it make sense? Uh, yeah, those those were things I was you know I was those are things all artists I mean are all writers are doing. They're trying to figure out those things, but it was just a different it, it was a different tack here. It was sort of okay, yeah, this is a, a a different a different group that I'm talking to. So it was really really hard, but it was. It was a ton of fun, and I, I would say there was a lot of times of just sitting there puzzling, going, you know, a footnote would help a ton here, <laughs> right, right. But uh, there's no room for that, and yeah. uh, so, so what do we do? How do how do we how do we do this? How do we do this well? How do we do it in a way that doesn't feel like, oh, I just got another textbook from school? Um, and, and how do we do it in a way that just sort of says, yeah, let, let me. Well, it's all, what all writers are trying to do. How do I flip the next page? How do I get get that next turn? How do I how do I how do I get them to the next chapter and, and bring them back in? Like, do they really want to know what sin is? And trying to teach a you know ten year old or or a twelve year old, you know, how do right. I say sin in, in a way that's that's captivating but also convicting? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, that is the the heartbeat I think of true I think create creativity that is also going to be God glorifying mm. is that you know and edifying for the readers that we want to communicate truth, but. You know, like the Proverbs tell us that a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting mm -hmm. of silver. Yeah. And so we can take our right words and say them in the right way, in the right fashion, the right cadence and the right rhythm and the and that right synonym, the the right word picture and all of that and have an apple of gold in a setting of silver instead yeah. of just wrote phone book truth. Mm -hmm. Um, the phone book, I mean, no one uses phone books anymore. We gotta come up with another <laughs> analogy. You know. Uh, I mean, there's the dictionary is full of truth. Yes. This word means this. This word it's not beautiful. Yeah. Uh, you're not engaged. No like, one's turning that page. Right. They're like, there for a reason and then they they put it down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can't you don't go read one and drink a I gotta read the next one. Yes. Um I'm just dying <laughs> to know what comes after A. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's crazy. But dude, congrats on the book. It's it's beautiful, uh, well written, uh, so much great info. And I bet it'll be under a lot of trees. Um, and a lot of hands and a lot of kids' hands this, this Christmas well, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been a, it was a, it was an incredibly fun project and, and, and I hope to hope to do more even in this vein. And then I think it's, yeah, I, I, I hope it's, it, it's helpful. I hope it's helpful to your daughter and yeah. I hope, I hope it helps, um, a, a lot of, a lot of kids and their parents worship the Lord. And since you're also a, a seminary prof up there at Western, yeah. um, you also, I'm sure you read a lot of papers when you don't have a grader. I do. I do um, read a lot of papers. Yeah. Yep. And I bet you've read a lot of good papers. And I bet you've yeah. read a lot of papers that you thought I'm about to run out of ink. 
yes um on this on this paper so if you could pick a couple of things that are encouraging um that like man when i see this in in the style of writing when i see this kind of writing i'm so encouraged and then these are the things that i see and like let's not do that anymore please don't do that anymore (laughs) um what, what would you say yeah, so just some, some some things to do well in a, in a paper uh, as a, as a student. Uh, one, and this is very simple, uh, but some somehow it often doesn't happen. Just have a thesis. I mean, have a reason why you're writing the paper. Make it clear what that thesis is. Uh, tell. I mean, don't 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 make your. I mean, unless you're writing a mystery novel, don't make your thesis a mystery. Uh, until you get to the end or, or it's never there. So, so, so have, have a, a direct statement about what you want to say, what you want to argue. Um, the other thing is, uh, and again, very simple, edit your work. I mean, read it out loud. Uh, ask somebody else to read it. Uh, cause a lot of times I, I, I think you, as professors, we're, we're getting, we're getting papers that were done maybe 30 minutes before. Or maybe five minutes before. Um, <laughs> I've never done that. Yeah, I know. Never, yeah, 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 that's right. I, I, I'm guilty of it too. Um, but but it's it's uh, you know edit it, read it out loud, see if what you're saying actually makes sense, uh, and then take out those things that don't and don't support that thesis. Uh, and then probably my final thing I would say is um, if, if you want a really strong paper, just uh, support. Uh, support your arguments, support your conclusions. Um, a lot of times papers just sort of say something. For instance, the Lord is good. Uh, show me. I, I, that's what this is all about. Demonstrate it. Uh, support that statement. Uh, go to scripture and go to, go to, uh, other writers who are thinking. So just build it out. Like make, make a case. Um, and so th- those are some of the things I would, uh, you know, I'm, those are things that are usually in, in the, the right-hand column. Uh, usually the things that are running through my head uh, when I have a deadline due to. <laughs> okay, have you done these things? Have you actually have you actually accomplished this? So. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's why I keep up my subscription to Grammarly, too, yes. so I can run That's a quick it. grammar check on stuff. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Yeah. and the, the other thing I would say is, too, is like if you want to be a good writer, so pulling out of the sort of the student sort of category, but it, but it applies to students, um, is, and, and this isn't, this isn't, you know, rocket science either. This, this is, I mean, everybody's saying this, Stephen King's saying this, but just read, I mean, read good writers, um, and read people who are writing in, in sort of the, the genre that you're wanting to get. So if you're, if you're doing a paper, go and read some scholarly, uh, articles and see how they're doing it. Let, let that sort of frame that out. Um, I, I, I don't remember where I, where I read this, but um, that's what Benjamin Franklin used to do. He would find an author that he loved uh, and then he would read, I, I think it was like a page or a paragraph. He would just read it like for over and over and over uh, until he got the rhythm of it. And then he would set it down, maybe give himself a day, and then he would try to recreate what that author had had written hmm. to make himself a better writer. He would try to say, okay, how did he put these clauses together? And then he would compare and contrast, and then he would do it again until he could get it get it perfect. So he wasn't trying to memorize. He was trying to capture their flow. He was trying to capture their particular uh, vision for writing. Yeah. So I, I um, thought that was really, really yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's great advice, man. Helpful, help from a seasoned seasoned writer like yourself. I know that's it's helpful reminder for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Benjamin Franklin too, <laughs> and old and old Benny, Uncle Ben. Yes, that's right. So uh, let's end with a uh, with a lightning round. I'm gonna do it this okay. way. Uh, you just okay. tell me if uh, you're up or down on it. Okay. Okay. Uh, up or down? This is I'm, I'm totally stealing this from the No Dunks podcast I listen to. Okay. It's an NBA NBA podcast. They do the up that's down true. report. So yeah. why not? Let's just do it right now. Uh, up down, Baby Yoda. I am up just because I want to know more about Baby Yoda. Like I, I am a huge Boba Fett fan. That's that's my guy. In fact, there is a Boba Fett looking at me as I'm talking to oh, you nice. right now. Um, so I'm 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 in on the Mandalorian. Um, I love a lot of what John Favreau does. 
and good. Uh, yeah, and you know, my kids are in the room and they are in love with Baby Yoda. Um, I'm, I'm a little, you know, I, I hold, hold some skepticism, but I, I, I want to know. Okay, who is this? Like, how right. does this fit into the timeline? So it's pulling me in. So I'm, I'm, I'm up on it. I did see something about the timeline. I can't remember, but I googled because at first I thought the Mandalorian. I thought it was Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, then okay. Oh, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Um, then I started looking at Baby Yoda. I was like, is that the actual Yoda? Right. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. is not. Because it doesn't fit the timeline. Yeah, it does not yeah. fit the timeline. So I can't remember but the what's exact. What's going on? That's the yeah, question. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's why I keep watching. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we got a couple more days till one comes out. Yeah. Um, okay. Up down. You, you are up on Baby Yoda. Uh, okay. Up down. Uh, is Carmelo helping the Trailblazers? Uh, I'm up. I'm up on Melo being out here. Uh, it's unifying uh, the Trailblazers. Uh, the Trailblazers sort of fan base. There wasn't a lot to be excited about in the off season. Uh, and Rodney Hood just got hurt. Torres Achilles, and so I mean, picking up Mello is 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 going to help just because you don't. Yeah, we didn't really do have much sort of off season sort of push. I mean, we got all the way to the finals, yeah. and now what? Nothing, nothing really happened. So yeah. Mello is at least a nice nice story. Yeah, to be talking about. Yeah, and he's, he's he's helped. I mean, yeah, he was giving some player of the week, right? He was player right. of the week. Like, that was crazy. But I think that was sort of a tip of the cap. I agree. That that should have either gone to Luca, um, or <laughs> my, or, be that or my guy James Harden. I mean, he, you're, that's your boy. Yeah, I mean, he but dropped he sixty points, but he can't dunk right. It uh, this goes in and Dude, out. For some time. That was unbelievable. <laughs> Don't get me started. Don't get me started, man. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, there was some some real hate going on. I think the refs yeah. got it in for the Rockets always. You think so? Or something. That's <laughs> not. How do you miss a dunk? I think Chris Paul was somewhere handing money somewhere. Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> and then, like, I mean, this isn't like a missed travel call. This yeah. is the most fundal, fundamental element of the game. Yes. Uh, yeah. And here's what drives me crazy is they wouldn't go back and review whether or not he really made that dunk or not. Right. Is they go back and review three pointers. Oh, if, yeah. if his foot oh, was yeah. on the line and they change it five minutes later. Yeah. I heard someone, it may have, someone on ESPN, I think, was just saying, even if you don't review it, like during a TV timeout, go look at it. And if you see it and you correct yourself, just say, hey, we're adding two points. And that in this, like in the middle of the game. Right. It's, it's not that hard. Yeah. And I don't know. It must be like some kind of league policy. Like they don't let the refs look up at the Jumbotron. <laughs> you know, like they never look okay. up. <laughs> and coaches are looking up. Everyone's looking up. And I always see coaches going, look, look. Yes. And they refuse to look up. <laughs> Like you could totally fix it, but whatever. They didn't fix I'm it. I'm over it. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I'm glad you got Melo. I think he's adding some good, yeah. some good energy to you guys right now. Yeah. And I always point to the Trailblazers. One for for a while well, for a couple things. First one, I'm always heartbroken by Damian Lillard mm. when he drained the three um, over Chandler Parsons mm-hmm. a few seasons ago, mm-hmm. and it looked like the Rockets had won. Mm-hmm. And I remember I I was standing up celebrating. You know, there's like hardly any time left and he drains it. I, mean, I just fell to my knees. I'm I was sorry. Like, no. <laughs> and then uh second one is, you know, people always give the Rockets and James Harden so much grief for, they call them chokers. They're chokers. They, they never make it, you know, they didn't make it to the finals, didn't make it to the finals. Yeah. Like we're the only team that has taken Golden State to seven games. Yeah. We're the only team that's pushed them. I said, the Warrior, the Trailblazers, y'all got swept. <laughs> and no one says they're chokers. Lillard's a choker. Uh, like there's just rockets get hated on. I don't get it, man. I'm sorry. I, I feel issues. like we need another podcast. I know, I know. I, I need, yeah. I need a basketball therapy, <laughs> uh, podcast. Okay. Fi- final up down, uh, the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Do you even have Popeye's in Portland? You probably don't. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I haven't tried it. I, um, don't. um, I'm a gold card member. I guess it, I don't know what, I think it's red. Yep. I'm you're a red, red card member of Chick-fil-A. I'm silver. Uh, just to give you like some vantage, like so. So Chick Fil A wasn't out here when we when we moved, and we were questioning whether or not that was part of God's calling to come out here, like because <laughs> it wasn't. It's a big deal. Uh, it, it was a big deal. But when we started looking for houses, um, we actually, I mean, I did research on where the new Chick Fil A was coming in, and so my wife and Man. I said, you know, let's 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 draw like a fifteen minute Dude. or fi- yeah, fifteen minute sort of circle and try to get in that and we did that's my next wife, level my, yes it is my wife said 
um, okay, if we can get near Chick-fil-A and I need to be real close to Target. I get that. I get that. I'm with you. And by God's grace, I mean, this is how God smiles on us people. That's right. That's right. The, the Chick-fil-A is right beside the Target. Oh, man. So, yeah. Hallelujah. We are there. Like I have, I almost have a corner booth. Like I do a lot of my meetings there. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I am a, I am H, a Chick-fil-A guy for sure. That's impressive. Up, up on Chick-fil-A. All right. Final question. Yes. Adidas or Nike? Oh, okay. So I, I grew up playing soccer. Uh, so I'm an Adidas guy. Gotta be Adidas. Uh, yeah. So I went, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. I love, yeah. I love Nike. I'm, I'm, well, I'm sitting in, in Nike and Adidas headquarters. That's here. right. But, uh, yeah, if I'm, if I'm choosing, I'm, I'm probably going Adidas. Me too. We're an Adidas yeah. only family. Nice. Yeah. I wanted to get some, uh, Jordan, uh, OG ones yeah. for, for Christmas. And my wife just said, no, we're no, Adidas we're, only. We're Adidas. <laughs> and so she got me a pair of James Harden's instead. So okay. There you like, go. Okay. okay. Good. We, only wear, we only wear Adidas. My soccer, my, some, my daughter's team. S or some superstars or something like yeah. that. Oh yeah. yeah. And so I've got, and you know, and our brother Kanye Yeezy, we yes. got to support him. There it is. We got to support our brother. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. And, and uh, enduring all my, all my goofy questions here at the end. And so, oh, if people wanted it. to follow you on social media, where should they go? Yeah. So I am, I am on Twitter and that's probably the best place to go. It's just, um, let's see, I'm trying to remember what it is. I think it's, uh, J, uh, yeah. At J Ryan Lister. That's probably the best place to do it. Cool. Great. Guys, go follow Ryan on Twitter. Go check out his books. You can find links to all those there in the show notes. Just swipe up there in your podcast app and you'll see links there in the show notes. You can go pick those up just in time for Christmas. And while you're there, why not go ahead and leave a review for the show if you like it and it'll help it spread to more listeners. Be sure to tell your grandma about it this Christmas season. Show her how to listen to podcasts. I'm sure she'd love to learn how to be a writer too. And as always, let's just keep writing.